Warning, the following podcast contains strong language, irreverent humor, and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. So what's up? Oh, nothing much. How are you? Okay. Good. Good, good, it's good. Wednesday. Huh? Said it's a Wednesday. It's hump day. Yes, it is. By the way, your shirt, um, I saw the red and then I saw those black lines. And why did it make me feel like it was a uh, steak and shake shirt? <laughs> and I was like, damn, I could go for some steak and shake. <laughs> like some good steak and shake. Because apparently your steak and shakes up here are not good. No, oh my gosh. They got closed down by the, like the FDA or not the FDA, but health, you know, health yeah, yeah. place, it's the health place, by the way, that's <laughs> uh what it's not a steak. And I know <laughs> I realized after that it was some, it was something related to star Wars, right? <laughs> yes. This is Kylo Ren's helmet. Oh, that's nice. Surrounded Why does it have flowers by, around it? Surrounded by flowers. Died. Because no, because he's a good guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's a baby no boy. No follow-up questions. <laughs> because he's a baby boy. I don't know. <laughs> flowers. They're flowers. Okay, yeah. I'm not I ain't mad at Joe. Um what was I gonna say? You ruined my train of thoughts. You ruined my joke, you get out of my off eyes. <laughs> Dude, I don't know why just the last couple days I've had some like solid just thoughts about the office and what a great show that was. I also have uh watching we were watching it the other day and it was like from the first season again and I was having some solid mm-hmm. thoughts about how you wouldn't be able to do this on today's television. <laughs> <laughs> just some of the things. But anyway, this is Booze and Ghouls, episode 42, the uh, answer to life, the universe, and everything. That's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, anyway. I'm Alana. I'm not familiar. I'm Leanne, and I'm not familiar. You're not familiar? I'm not familiar. <laughs> With the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a book and a movie. I never read the book, but I did see the movie. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of chilling. It's been a long day, but I'm really happy to, you know, talk some crazy shit with my BFF, have a glass of wine, and then go get some food because I'm fucking starving. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to the food. Hey, I have a question. Should we turn the um video off or do you want it on? Oh, yeah, we can turn it off. I'm cool. Goodbye. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, what are you drinking today? You know what? I'm glad you asked because I actually have a really, really good best friend, probably the best in the biz, if I may. And she poured me a delicious glass of Cabernet and it is just hitting the spot. Um, I would also like to tell everybody that it's called emergency Cabernet. 
and then the back is really funny. It says like for when your in-laws come over unannounced or something, something, it's really funny. I'm mad at myself because I meant to grab it. And then I just like walk right in the kitchen and walk right back out. But I meant to grab it and read the back of it. But yeah, it's like, it's really funny. Yep. Yep. So, um, what are you drinking? Well, I'm glad you asked because as you know, I'm not drinking the same thing as you today. And um, you may not even know what I made myself, but I made myself a little whiskey sour here. Um, I made some more simple syrup today because I ran out of coffee creamer and I needed something to sweeten my coffee. So I made some vanilla flavored simple syrup. So we have, um. it's, it's like a whiskey sour, but extra because it's got the vanilla flavored simple syrup. And I put lemon and lime juice in there. And then a little splash of club soda on the top. I mean, of course, there's there's whiskey, but yeah, it's good. Right. Well, good. I'm glad it sounds delicious. And I'm really pissed at myself. I should have just let you make me a nice coffee, but no, I just did it. I don't even know why I did it, but you know what? I am trying to wean myself off of my second iced coffee of the day because I have gone down to a medium, which you know for me is a big deal. Well, you never drink the full large anyway. That's true, but I just feel better about myself when I get the medium. Like, yeah, no, it's I'm good. I'm making a better I'm, life change. I'm proud of you. I'm just saying that you never really drink the full large, so it's right better. It's more cost efficient and um less wasteful, I guess, to get the mm-hmm. medium. Because I always feel bad. I feel like I waste more coffee than I drink some days. Yeah, I do too. I mean, actually, well, not in the morning. I mean, I drink my entire one in the morning, but. Lord almighty. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to disrupt the flow, but when you sent Allison here, cause they're getting ready to leave with a bone and she literally just ate this bone on my bed. And there's like bone pieces, not bone, but like, you know, the milk bone type thing Yeah, yeah. is everywhere on my bed. And it's just so it's grossing me the fuck out. Alice, eat, your, eat, eat, the, eat the rest of your bone. It's right there on the, the bed. It's disgusting. Just eat it. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's so gross to me. I don't even know. Anywho. So yeah, so um, fuck, I don't even know what we were talking about. We were talking about your iced coffee addiction and how that's you're right. Better. I'm getting better at it, and we worked out, so I feel like I'm really just healthy as fuck. <laughs> healthy as a horse. Yep. Healthy as a, I don't know, maybe not a horse. Healthy as a, healthier than I was a week ago. How about that? <laughs> that works. <laughs> but anyway, so. How was your day? Well, you know, it's fine. I mean, so apparently my boss and I are the only ones in our team who are there for the rest of the week. And then I was like, don't forget, I'm off for my birthday on Friday. And he he went, ah, in Slack, which I guess was him screaming. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because <laughs> I think everyone's on vacation. That's awesome. But whatever, it'll be fine. Ollie, you can't go down. It'll it'll be it'll be fine. This is fine. This is fine. Everything's on fire. This is fine. Yeah, the dog feel- with everything on fire, and he's like, "This is fine." Yeah. I feel like that's literally every teacher everywhere right now is feeling that. Yeah, I don't blame you. Teaching is hard. That it is, and then it sucks because it's like, well, <laughs> that's that's I shouldn't say it sucks, but it sucks because it's like what I love to do it's like what I'm meant to do and so I know it so it's not even like I can be like this isn't career is not for me like it is for me this is what I love this is what I chose this is this is this is what I chose yeah and I'm just it's so I'm so very tired 
remember what we were talking about before I paused it. I didn't freaking know either. Um, about you being a teacher, basically. Yeah, and how it's it's my life's work, but it's just very like today I like sat. I like sat in class, like at school before my kids came in and I wasn't like dreading the day. Like I love my students, but I was just sitting there and I was like, I have this overwhelming desire to go home. (laughs) I feel like it's a very thankless job most of the time. Yeah, I would agree. You're going to get, you know, students or maybe parents that appreciate what you do. But most of the time it's just like you only ever hear about what you're doing wrong. Yeah, it's a very and it's a hard time for teachers right now, too, I think, because like, um, you know, kids, I saw this thing on Facebook and it was showing like what grade the kids are in now. And then the last time that they actually had a normal school year, right. And they were showing like first kindergarten and first graders, they've never even had a normal school year. Right. You know? And, um, like seventh graders, the last normal school year they had was fourth grade. That's crazy. So it's like, yeah. So it's kind of like, um, you know, we've got all these expectations, to right. put on the kids who haven't been in school correctly for, you know, a year and a half to almost two years now. And, but yet they, they're acting out because of it. And then, you know, it's, it's, oh, why aren't, why aren't, what's wrong with your behavior plan that you're not acting, you know, that they're not acting right. And it's, it's just a tough time to be a teacher. So if you know a teacher, just give them a little wink and a nod and tell them that you, you, you appreciate them because I was going to say at least two of our listeners are teachers too. So shout out to you guys. Get some Cabernet ASAP. (laughs) They've both been having a rough time too. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's a tough time, but you know, every job has its, has its ups and its downs and you know, we stay with it because we love the kids and want them to become productive members of society. So yeah, this is yeah. this is the world. It's important. It's important the work that you do, and you don't get paid enough, and they don't give you enough funding for your like supplies right. and all this stuff. And it's just like, man, we really should treat our teachers better. You know, Finland. Mm-hmm pays their teachers it really really well and um they have like they make like the kind of money that like doctors or lawyers make Mm -hmm. there and they also are always in the top five of like happiest countries when that thing comes around i'm just saying and they we could learn a little from finland we could and you know what they also have like really really high standardized test scores and i read um i read this thing about it and they were asking this guy like why do you think there is, um, what did he, oh, it was like, why do you think that Finland has such a great school system and blah, blah, blah. And he said, we pay our teachers like doctors. We, um, and then he said, if something's wrong in a class or a student's misbehaving, the very first thing we ask is what does the teacher need for that kid to be successful? Not why is that kid not being successful? Right. Like, and that's, that's a totally different thing. I mean, you know, if a, if a, if a person walked into a doctor's office and was having like a horrible time, they wouldn't go, well, what you as the doctor, why, what did you not do? Right. They would go, Oh, well, what does this person need? Right. What are their symptoms? Exactly. How can we treat them? Not like, and they don't do, they don't do that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's well, what did you, what are you not doing or what approach have you, are you like not doing that's made the kid act like this? And it's, um, it's an extremely frustrating thing, but yeah, that's, that's why, and there's a book it's called finish 2.0 and, um, it expands more on that. And I haven't read all of it, but I've read some excerpts. It's very interesting. Yeah. I think that that sounds like a interesting read. 
Absolutely. Well, that's okay because, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I picked a really fun topic for today to lighten my mood. Yeah, I was just about to say um, it's an even number. So you're going first this week. And I do hear that you have a fun topic for us. I do. I'm so excited. I felt like a little kid like this last week because I've been researching my topic and I've just had a blast with it. So I'm just going to like ask you a question here and then we're going to okay. dive right in. How do you feel about Disney? I mean, you know this about me. It's no, it's no surprise that I love Disney. Like I'm a Disney kid. I grew up watching the Disney movies, like the animated movies and all that. And then, um, you know, even as an adult, I still like watch, I love all the Pixar and Disney stuff. And then as you may or may not know, Disney has also acquired some of my other favorite franchises like Marvel and Star Wars. <laughs> so, oh, that's right. Okay. I yeah, am, yeah, that's uh, right. Cause that's why it's on Disney plus now. Right. Right. That's why I'm that's so cool. I'm, I'm a big Disney fan. I mean, I hate them as a corporation in that times. Right. They do shitty things and don't treat people well a lot of the times, but I pretty much eat up everything they produce, which makes right. me problem I guess (laughs) (laughs) but it's hard because it is such a fun thing and like we've talked about this before but I don't care I'm 36 years old and I and I'm not I'm disagree I'm not exactly like you in the fact that I don't I don't love cartoons as much so I haven't seen like more recent ones that I especially now that I have the older kids because even like if we have a party and we watch a movie you know they don't really ever want to watch like cartoon cartoons but I will say first off one thing is I saw inside out is that Pixar Yes. Saw Inside Out and I loved it. I mean, you can't go wrong with a Pixar movie. They're not just really for kids, can't. you know? They're, they're, um, they're really just, they're really good. That one was amazing. I loved it anyway. And we did an activity about emotions and all that. But anyway, so I think, I don't care how old you are, there's just something about Disney that when you go to Disney, I don't care how old you are, it just feels good. It's the happiest place on earth. It really is. I don't know if it's something they pump into the water. I don't know if they're, they're drugging us, like, you know, just pumping that shit into the air. But the I mean, smell even of if churros I and the sound <laughs> of children laughing. And- right. It's like, even if I don't go to the park, even if I just go to like downtown Disney or walk around the hotels, I do love it's downtown just Disney. It's called Disney Springs horrible. now, but it's, oh, it is called Disney Springs. You're right. It's, I do love, I do love going there. I love, I just absolutely love it. It, it is really the best place on earth. And I, I don't know. You just, even as an adult, it's like, I go and I just, I feel like a little kid and it's so much fun. Um, so anyway, so I thought it'd be fun after last week's episode that was, you know, very serious and kind of like, Oh, Holy shit. Our world's going to burn and, and no one cares about anyone, but white blonde people. Um, I thought we would talk about something more fun and interesting. And that is theories that try to support the fact that people say that Disney all takes place in the same universe. Yeah, and I've like briefly heard about this before, but I've never like done a deep dive, so I'm interested to hear about it. There is so much fun and there are so much thing so many things that actually I could do like probably a part 2 at some point if everybody likes this and um it I could do so much more. And now granted some of them might be like Disney Pixar, which you know me, I'm not 100% good on it. So if I talk about a movie that's a Pixar movie, please don't be like this bitch is an idiot. Just Well, you know, I mean Pixar is like, you know, Pixar and Disney work close to get together. So there's going to be, right. I think there's, there's purposely Easter eggs in some of these things, but yeah, I'm, I'm so interested too. in this whole 
thing. Right. So anyway, so I'm going to start off. So this is all of these are just theories that people have about Disney and that saying that Disney, um, all Disney movies are like take place in the same universe mm-hmm. and um, are sometimes tied together. So this first one, and I don't know if you knew about this one or not, but this one is interesting. So you've seen Toy Story. I know that. Yes. Um, the Disney Pixar movie. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is a, yes, this is a perfect example. So anyway, so in Toy Story, we know that, um, Andy has Woody, you know, and he mm-hmm. loves this damn toy and whatever. And he, he always wears that red cowboy hat. So anyway, in Toy Story two, um, you know, we meet Jessie, she's the cowgirl, and we go to her backstory and we find out that she was abandoned by her owner as her owner got grew up and found other things to do. Right. Well, that while Sarah McLaughlin plays in the background. Right. And you're all just feeling shitty about all the toys you threw away. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, they're probably just laying somewhere and, um, you know, and like crying themselves to sleep. So anyway, well, in that flashback, so Emily, I guess, is the name of Andy's mom. So in that flashback. The little girl that's playing is wearing the same cowboy hat that Andy is wearing when he's playing with Woody. So people, a lot of people think that, um, that Jesse was actually Andy's mom's toy. Oh yeah. And, um, and you know, and so she let Jesse go. Cause it's like, somebody was saying it would make sense that if she had a toy like that, when she grew up, she would get the boy version of that toy for Andy yeah, while he grew sense. up and then give him the, give him the hat. I think I might have heard about this one before. Yeah. And I love that actually. I think that's a really good theory. That is cute. I think that's cute if that's if that's true. Some of these are kind of fucked up um and a little bit sad, but that one is just fun, you know. It's yeah. like, oh she now another one that's interesting. Oh my gosh, and this is like wild, freaking wild. Okay. <laughs> so cause it has like a shit ton of things together. So first off, um, okay. Elsa and Anna from Frozen. Are you with me? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was waiting for more on that. Have you seen Frozen? <laughs> I have. I used to babysit. and um, I figured, I thought that you had. Yes, and it's, it's cute. It's really cute. Um, That when the Olaf does that uh, in summer bit, it's yeah. fucking adorable. <laughs> I like Olaf. He's so cute. And he's like, uh, something is something and I'll be a, and it should have been Puddle. And he's like, happy snowman. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. Such a cute, such a cute show. Like such a cute little bit. So anyway, um, okay. So I'm going to share my screen so I can show this to you. Um, so people think that Elsa and Anna are actually cousins of Rapunzel. Okay. Have you seen Rapunzel? Yeah, well, I've seen Tangled, yeah. Oh, Tangled, yeah, that's what it's called, right. Yeah, which is another, Tangled's really good, like. Is it? um, Some people in some circles that I run in are like, Frozen is is not as good as Tangled, in their opinion. I have had uh, people say the same thing to me. I have, um, I want to say like Ethan really loved uh, Tangled, actually. So another thing is that uh, Zachary Levi is the voice of the guy in Tangled. Um, so like, you know, if you like, really, yeah. So if you like, you know, you like Chuck and like his kind of humor thing, I think it's, it's really, it's cute movie. And then Mandy Moore is Rapunzel. I did know that. And like, I feel like I know one of the songs, Zaman something that ended, you know, I feel like I know one of the songs, but I know <laughs> probably too. <laughs> um, because, you know, sometimes those show those songs from like frozen and 
uh, Tangled and stuff show up on my show tunes. Oh yeah, Spotify. Yeah, that makes so sense. I am a little bit familiar. Um, but uh, so anyway, so okay, so people are assuming or saying that they think that Rapunzel are like is Anna and Elsa's uh cousin. Okay. So the theory goes, Anna and Elsa's parents, when they leave at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. they're uh they're leaving to go to Rapunzel Rapunzel's wedding. Oh, okay. So then also, so they, they, um, but before I say anything else about that specific little thing, I want to show you this screen. So people say this is a still from, um, Anna's coronation. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was when they had everybody there? Coronation? Wait, uh, uh, Elsa's coronation. Sure. Yes. One of the, one of those girls. Elsa's the one who's supposed to be queen. Okay. Yeah. Elsa then, um, so Elsa, do you see that this, they say like, this is Rapunzel right here. Oh yeah. That looks like her. Yeah. And then, and that then looks like the guy, the prince. So yeah. they said that Elsa or, or that Rapunzel and the, the, the boy toy, what's his name? Eugene, I think. Eugene. <laughs> Eugene. Well, that's, uh, he goes, teams. so he goes in, when you first meet him, he's like, his name is Flynn Rider. Cause he's oh, like a, right. he's like an outlaw or whatever. And you don't uh-huh. know that his real name is Eugene. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So she, so anyway, so they're saying that that's her and it looks like her from what yeah, I saw from like, the yeah, pictures. It does look like them. So they're saying like that, that Rapunzel came to Elsa's coronation and that when, when, um, Elsa and Anna's parents left to go to like on that trip, they were really going to Rapunzel's wedding. Interesting. It you know what crazier. I think is, um, kind of fucked up though, is that like if you see that there, like you know that that's Rapunzel because she has the brown short hair there because part of like the movie spoiler alert is that like her hair is where her powers are and he doesn't want her to use them so he cuts her hair off <gasps> and when he cuts her hair off um like no it's like a good thing he doesn't want him you'll you would see if you saw the movie but like it's kind of a thing she's gonna try to use her powers to like heal him or whatever and he doesn't want her to do that anymore so he cuts her hair off and when he cuts her hair off she goes from having this long blonde hair to short brown hair because that's where the magic was mm-hmm. and i'm like oh, that's what you're saying up. is <laughs> that was what you're saying that is blonde people are magical and brunette right. people <laughs> are Seriously, just normal no. that's so fucked up Fuck you, Disney. Fuck you. Please anyway, don't kill me. That, I, me. It, that's really not the point, but I just like. But that I, kind of feels like it's the point, doesn't kind of it? Feel like that's, it kind of feels like you're saying something there. Dude, that's fucked up. I did not know that. That's bullshit. Because I wondered, I mean, I it was like when it first said Rapunzel, I was like, I thought she had that blonde, long hair. Well, that makes sense. That's fucked up. Yeah. At the end of the movie, her hair gets cut off and it, when it gets cut off, it turns brown. And I'm like, why yeah. though? <laughs> That's freaking horrible, dude. Disney, <laughs> shame on you. Shame on you. Um, okay, so they're saying that, yeah, Rapunzel is Elsa and Anna's cousin. So then they're saying that the parents, Elsa and Anna's parents, they were really going to Rapunzel's wedding. And wait for it, because this is where it gets crazy-er. So then, remember in Middle, Little Mermaid, when um, when Ariel and Flounder are exploring that shipwreck at the beginning of the movie? Mm-hmm. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Well, anyway... They speculate that that ship she's exploring is actually the ship of Anna and Elsa's parents. I think I have maybe heard that before, but I 
I like that idea. I don't know if this is true because I just read it. Um, and I haven't seen, um, I mean, I've seen little mermaid who hasn't, but it's been years. They said that frozen is set in Norway. Yes. Well, and that little mermaid is set not, in Denmark. It's not specified, but it is supposed to be a Scandinavian. Like, yeah. So they're saying that like, because of those two things, like that, that could totally be a thing. And now, yeah, and I guess, I guess little mermaid is Denmark because that's where Hans Christian Andersen is from or whatever. Oh, okay. Well, who wrote and, the original Little Mermaid fairy tale that Disney based their story on. Well, buckle up because not only did Little, so their ship went down, whatever, and Little Mermaid and Flounder are checking out the re- wreckage. Some people suggest that the parents of Anna and Elsa, what are their names? Do you know? I don't know. They don't, I don't think. Mommy they and Daddy. Mommy and Daddy Frozen. They give them names. Um, Maybe they do in the second one. I can't remember. Mommy, Daddy Frozen. <laughs> Mommy, Daddy hey, is they are able to escape the sh- the sinking ship, swim to land, and actually survived and had a third child, who had to be raised in the jungle alone after they were mauled. Yes, I'm talking about Tarzan. <laughs> and this is the kicker. So Tarzan one of the- is Anna, Anna, and Elsa's brother. Correct. And the kicker is when I read this one thing, they said that the director of Frozen actually said yes, this is true. That's amazing. Which I mean, he obviously could have been like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. But isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I thought that was really cool. Like how all of those movies that could be connected, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, uh, so I'm going to come back to that because there is one more theory that's related to Tarzan, but I'm going to move on. So there's a couple sad theories. One sad theory is that in Up, have you seen Up? Yes. Okay, so the theory is that Carl really died, uh, like, right after his wife did, and the whole movie is, like, made up in his head. Uh, like, made up in his head, or? Like, he was in, like, I don't know. That that doesn't coma? really make sense if he died. Yeah, like, if he, yeah, like, maybe he was, like, in a coma, and then that all that stuff was just made up in his head while he was in the coma. I mean, I, re- I reject that one. You think that's, a, I was going to say, do you think that's a thing that could be true? But no, I we reject that. That's bullshit. <laughs> bullshit it's bullshit disney i mean um, up is already sad enough in the first you know 15 minutes or whatever it doesn't need to be more sad <laughs> yeah i i am um, i've never seen it and everyone tells me how sad it is so I'm well, no okay so it. only the first 15 minutes are sad because this is what happens is that the old guy you see how he and his wife met and then how they had this really amazing life together and what they did and it's basically in a montage of their entire life and then mm. you see her get sick and die. Well, that's but fucked up. You know that that's why he's by himself. Oh, and then the rest of the movie starts where he meets this the chunky boy scout. boy scout. Yeah, this little boy scout and he's trying to I don't know, sell him cookies or something. And he's, you know, he's like kind of a curmudgeon because he's lonely without his wife and he just wants to be left alone whatever. But then he gets roped into this adventure with this little boy and this little boy doesn't have a good relationship with like his dad so mm-hmm. really the old man and the little boy become like what each other needed and they Aww. go on this adventure together with all these dogs and like this crazy it's like a crazy whole crazy thing and then at the end the little boy is getting his boy scout badge or whatever and you know the old man goes to his ceremony and because you know obviously like his dad wouldn't be there so it's Aww. like really cute. 
that's really sweet i'm pro i promise i'm since we took turn the cameras off i'm i'm not tearing up right now talking about <laughs> i don't believe you <laughs> um that's hilarious i mean not you crying but it is that's that's it's so just funny. really sweet but there's a lot of funny moments with like the dogs and stuff because um this the guy who's like the villain guy outfitted all of these dogs with this thing that makes them able to talk so uh -huh. like it says, it says what the dog is thinking so they meet this one dog Doug who's like this like golden retriever or something he's like hi I just met you and I love you and then he's like talking talking and then he goes squirrel <laughs> that's funny. So funny I think I've seen that on the previews or something yeah yeah and then like the lead dog is like this Doberman but something's fucked up with his voice recorder so he sounds like a tiny little thing Oh, that's cute. Like, oh, I am mean and angry. <laughs> that's hilarious. Anyway. Oh, well, I like that. Um, so I hope that's not true that Carl has was in a coma the whole time. Um, also, this is an interesting one, and I actually think this is probably true. Um, well, no, okay, I don't think this part is true, but somebody some people think that Alice in Wonderland is supposed to be Alice had taken mushrooms, and then this was like her trip. I don't believe that necessarily, but I do will totally agree that whoever wrote Alice in Wonderland did do mushrooms a lot. And okay, that that's so the yes, stuff they wrote down there. Who, who wrote the original Alice in Wonderland? I'm trying to think now what his name was. It's like some know. there's like it's like some initials. I can't remember exactly what his name was now, but yes, it's there's a lot of drug stuff in there. Like the caterpillar is like smoking some kind of pipe and you know mm -hmm. all this stuff. Yeah, it is super trippy, and I would 100% believe that uh, whoever wrote that was on mushrooms. And um, you know, probably a good thing to do would be to if you were gonna take some shrooms and then watch Alice in Wonderland. That would probably Ooh. be fun. I actually, I actually have heard people like said to do that. So I wouldn't be surprised. It makes sense. Oh, this one is a shout out to you, girl. We're talking about your girl Mulan. <laughs> I love Mulan, <laughs> which is hilarious because in my notes I literally have Mulan. Alana will love this. <laughs> so there you go. Um, no, so I think this is a cool one. It's not really like crazy or anything, but so remember at the beginning of the movie that the great stone dragon wouldn't wake up. So they had to send Mushu instead. Yes. So anyway, the theory is that Mulan is actually the great stone dragon. Oh, um, when she's pulling, they said like the one part where that she pulls the sword out and you can see like that dragon at the top of the sword. And then it's we're kind of as she pulls it up, it's replaced by her face, oh. the reflection in the thing. And also at the end, she launches a big dragon thing that causes that avalanche. So a lot of people think that's why the, the dragon stone, great stone dragon couldn't be uh, woken up at the beginning is because she is actually the stone dragon. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's nice. Um, okay, this is amazing. So, Snow White, people say Snow White is actually really about cocaine. And that, um, because, you know, Snow like White? they call thing cocaine, like certain things like, you know, different kinds of like white, you know, and snow yeah. and all that. So they say snow, um, Snow White is really about cocaine and the seven dwarves are really the types of ways you feel when you're high on cocaine. <laughs> dopey, sleepy. Yep. Sleepy, dopey, <laughs> sneezy, obviously bashful. Okay. Doc doesn't make sense though. Well, apparently that's because that's where you have to go after you do too much cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making that up. That's a real thing that they said in the article. And doc is because once you do too much cocaine, you have to go to the doctor. That's really funny. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Those of you who do shit ton of cocaine, let us know. Are you <laughs> sleepy, dopey, sleazy, bashful, happy, grumpy? And do you have to go to the doctor? 
too funny. Anyway, so the next one's interesting. So in finding, did you see finding Dory? Yes. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to share my screen again, but you know, there's uh the fi- in finding Dory, Dory gets into like this huge fish tank or whatever. Yeah. Like she point. gets, uh, she goes to like, she goes to the aquarium or something. Yeah. And, um, so I guess the class is all looking at the fish. Well, one of the kids that it's looking through the window, has their face up against the thing is actually Riley from inside out. Oh, a picture. Yeah. And apparently Disney has confirmed this, that this is the thing. Yeah. That's not surprising. Cause I, like I said, there are Easter eggs that they put in there intentionally. Yep. So she, you know, when she was, hopefully this is at, no, wait, when did inside out come out? I was going to say, is this before or after she had her little mental snap when they moved Mental. Moved to San Francisco. I ju- we just watched the movie a couple days ago, so I totally know like all of what happened. Um. Anyway, oh, okay. So this is a fun one. So Little Mermaid and Hercules are actually first cousins once removed. All right, I want to hear this one. Hercules's dad was Zeus, right? Right. Zeus's brother is Poseidon, and Poseidon's son is Triton. Uh, uh. So you know, that's we are family. Okay, this one's kind of cool, and I guess I never really thought about it. And this actually was one of my favorite movies growing up. I remember all I wanted was this movie on VHS for Christmas, and I ended up getting it. But it was like the last thing that was there, and so the whole time it was in there, like I could tell because you know, remember the DVDs, the old school DVDs, they would be in like that bigger box Mm -hmm. with the curved edges. And um, so I saw it, something that was that size, and I'm like, is that for me? Is that for me? I sure kept saying no, it's for Grandma. When you were little, yeah, I was like, I don't know, like third grade. So you mean VHS? See, so, what did I say? DVD. What did I say? Yeah, what no, D- uh, VHS, VHS. Um, but you know what I'm talking about? How like the Disney ones were bigger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They okay. have the rounded edges. You know, those are worth a shit ton of money now too. Yeah, uh, Ethan still has some. Uh, we did. We got rid of all of mine at some point when we started. Yeah, I did too. Uh, when DVDs became a thing, and it's like, damn, if you had kept those, you could like sell them on eBay now. Yeah, I'm really bummed. I had I had a whole bunch of them and I gave them away. I mean, actually, I probably gave them to Ariel and Zara and then they probably like gave them away at some point. But anyway, um, so I they kept saying, no, it's for grandma. It's for grandma. It's a painting video for grandma. And then the very last one I got to open and I remember ripping the, the paper and all I could see was that fancy A and L and A. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was like freaking out. I had gotten Aladdin on VHS. Oh, I love Aladdin. And I was well, so I excited. So anyway, so I'm excited about this theory because it really, I mean, it kind of makes sense and it's just interesting. So, um, some people theorize that Aladdin actually takes place in an apocalyptic future. Oh, so the reason why is because, uh, so, you know, when the genie comes out of the lamp, um, and he like is talking at different times, he does like an, an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression mm-hmm. and all the, and he does like a couple other things that would be like geared towards like the time. Right. But then, you know, when he gets out of the lamp, he says, Oh, a thousand, 10,000 years in a lamp will give you such a crick in the neck. Uh huh. That was my best, uh, my best um, RIP, Robin it. Williams. Um, so, anyway, so a lot of people think that this takes place in the apocalyptic future when there's no more, like when, you know, everybody's living in like the desert and they're just kind of starting to rebuild society and stuff like that. Um, oh, because he's been in there for 10,000 years? Yeah. Cause how would he know about Arnold Schwarzenegger if he, if he, uh, it would have to be like 10,000 years in the future. I mean, I don't think that anyone was thinking it through that much. Of course not. They were just trying to be funny. Cause you know, they always put in those adult jokes. Yeah, of course. The parents who are watching with their kids. Absolutely. But 
that's that's an interesting theory it is a theory nonetheless oh um and this is a good one too which is funny because it's like that exactly what you said it's like they just did it to be funny and now everyone has to have a reason but apparently the creative director for cars said that uh the reason why cars all have like different accents is because apparently all the cars took on the accents of their last owner and yes, this is the thing that he said. And also apparently claimed, he also claimed that this, that cars is supposed to be set in a future where, um, <laughs> this is scary as fuck when, where cars have gotten rid of all the humans. Well, I thought, I thought it was supposed to be, I've heard this one before, but I thought it was just like the humans died out, but he's no, like the cars killed the humans. No, they apparently ran us all over and so they, had uh, minds of their own and ran us all over. So that's beware fine. of your OnStar and the AI that's mm-hmm. in your car because they're going to annihilate you. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny though, because like actually the, um, the, uh, the cars thing um, or, you know, whatever you just said, which now I'm drawing a blank of what you just said. Oh yeah. About the OnStar and stuff, because my mom is like dead set that she doesn't want OnStar in her car. <laughs> and she, I'm like, I don't think she's never been like, no, I think it's going to take over my car. Cause you know, she's, she, you know, she doesn't even believe reincarnation could possibly be real. Cause you know, demons, demons, demons. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, she like, doesn't want anything like that. She doesn't like it. When I ask Siri questions, none of that well you know what i can't blame her because the robots are going to take over someday right and then they're probably going to get themselves into cars run us all over kill us all and then live happy little life in radiator springs <laughs> um i have seen cars okay so this is a cool one and i like this one I, a lot because i've seen cars but only the first cars and i refuse to watch any of the other ones yeah no i, I it wasn't for me um yeah it's like so- everybody's least favorite Although, can we talk about briefly uh, top five beatdown when uh, <laughs> Shane fucking lists cars on his top five Pixar movies? Yes. And then Ryan roasts him for it, which he deservedly so. He deserves mm-hmm. it Agreed. That That's kind of the worst. One of the worst Pixar movies. <laughs> yeah, that, that is kind of. The, I mean, I would have to have a list so that I could tell you what like truly is the worst. But yeah, that's pretty close to it. That was a shitty movie. Or I'm sorry, I shouldn't say shitty movie, but it wasn't the best. I mean, it wasn't as good as the other ones, you know? Like Great. it was it was okay. I don't think I've ever rewatched it. Um, no, but I've seen like pieces and stuff because like Nate watches it sometimes on his iPad. Oh. And I've seen I've seen stuff with it and stuff, but it just never really got me it's as like, a like, really solid movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's okay. And then they made so many more of them and then they made one that was just about airplanes. I'm like, no one wants to watch a fucking movie about airplanes. <laughs> Wasn't it called like planes or something? I don't know, but you know what my oh, idea was, and I still think that this is a good idea, is to have a spin-off of Finding Nemo that's just about the seagulls. That would be awesome. And it's like the seagull colony and how they operate and because you know, if you ever go to the beach, those my mom and I would always say that the seagulls are organized. And they have like they send out the one little scout in the search party and they find out who's eating Cheetos and they're like, guys, there's Cheetos over here. That would be hilarious. Oh my gosh, what if it was like the the um seagulls were like a gang, like the mafia? Yes, and so they would like rival seagull gang. Yes, dude. And then they would go like, you know, they would have um like and they would have um other seagull, like other animals. So like I don't know what else is on a beach, but whatever. They would have to like pay them for like protection <laughs> that would be hilarious i like it i like to get on that um oh i like this one a lot too i think this is cute so back to tarzan so um you know we had talked about how they say they some people think 
that Elsa and Anna's or Elsa and Anna's uh, parents shipwrecked. They made their ship sunk, but they made it to land. And I mean, like, what else are you going to do on a shipwreck island other than, you know, like have sex? <laughs> so they're going to have, they have this baby and then they get killed by the tiger. Anyway, so there's a scene in Tarzan where Turk, which I guess is one of the the, the gorillas, mm-hmm. is like playing a drums on a tea set. Uh-huh. And so there, and if you, you can see it, it is totally the tea set from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, really? Yes. So some people say then tr- jump to that Jane from Tarzan is actually a descendant of Belle. Oh, I could see and that. She has she the tea like set. Her. Yeah. As a family heirloom and actually make a lot of sense. You know, I mean, they, they both have those uh, yellow dresses. They both are teaching some, you know, crazy wild guy how to read and kind of like ha- have feelings and stuff. Here's the problem, and I guess though, is that mm-hmm. uh, that tea set, Mrs. Potts and Chip and everybody turned back into humans at the end. Yes. So people think that they're because they don't they don't have like the face on them. Right. So it's just so like the tea set that that, just, that was based on or whatever. Yeah. Just the tea set that she used before they turned back into humans. Um, and they both have an eccentric father, I guess, Belle and Jane, which I've never seen Tarzan. So I'm not sure. Oh man. Okay. Well, I don't remember that much about Tarzan. I don't know if it's that great of a movie, but the soundtrack is really great because it's Phil Collins. You'll be in my heart. Is that that from that? Yes. And there's some solid songs from there. I believe you. I believe you. Um, okay. Oh, this is actually like probably one of my favorites just because I would love for this to be true. Remember inside out and it's just fresh in my mind. Cause we just watched it, but remember bing bong that's the yellow yeah. or the pink elephant. Yes. That the theory is, is that he is actually from, he's from monsters Inc. Oh, I love that. Yes. In that, because remember at the end of monsters Inc, they real Inc, they realized that laughs were more powerful than screams. Right. So that he is, so he's actually was the one that was assigned to make Riley laugh. Isn't that sweet? That's like and my so favorite thing ever. she thinks that he's her imaginary friend because she's like, oh, yes. no, believe me, if I talk about this monster that used to come out of my closet and make me laugh. Yes. I love that. I know. That makes me really happy, actually, because I love monsters. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'm just crying thinking about right. no. Come on. That's part of the movie is sad. You're supposed to cry about things. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that movie. Then, like, I loved Monsters Inc. I mean, you know me. I don't. I haven't seen all the ones. Is that Pixar? Yeah, that's another Mon- Disney Pixar. Monsters Inc. is hilarious. Monsters Inc. is a quality movie. I haven't we- seen. I haven't seen the follow ups either, like Monsters University or. Oh, I haven't either. Whatever, any of those. But when they say when he's like when he has that thing on and he's like, okay, I have a plan using mainly spoons. We dig a <laughs> tunnel, and then too when he's like, um when they're they're talking about how the boo has gotten out and they're like we got to get that girl back and then da, 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 and they look at him and he's like oh we're doing a play we got to yeah, get that like, girl back or so help me so that help me that part came from? <laughs> and they're like we still need ushers i love that so much. so cute that's a cute movie um this is interesting because i have it has been forever since i've seen snow white but i've never seen tangled so you're going to have to help me out on this okay. so the theory is that the evil queen from snow white did not die in the end of the movie, but instead lived. Remember, she got like zapped off a big island or, or a big like cliff or something, and everyone assumed she died. But they're yeah, saying I that I don't she, remember what happens to her. Yeah, I think she gets like zapped or something and then like falls off the cliff. And we, I think we assume she dies, but okay. some people say no, she didn't die, and that she actually is Mother Gothel from Tangled. Oh, so it says, look, um, so Mother Gothel's. I mean, I, I think she has a dagger that looks quite a bit. Sort of. 
but they say that oh and then like okay so she had um this dagger that she has looks i guess identical to the one that the evil queen gave the huntsman in snow white and then um they're both obsessed with like remaining youthful and beautiful and they both kind of look like evil so anyway, interesting theory. Okay, this is really fucking sad, but I thought it was interesting. Um, finding Nemo. So a lot of people think, and I say a lot of people because actually I found this on more than one list, that Nemo is actually dead the whole time. That's stupid. I haven't seen this movie. I haven't seen this movie in forever, but they're saying that. So remember at the beginning when we find out. The, all the rest of the eggs die and then yes. he's the only one that survived and he has that wonky fin. Yes. So they're saying that he never really, he never survived. They all died. And that the dad is kind of making this up in his mind as he's going through the stages of grief. That's stupid. So Nemo really died at the beginning uh, when the dad found all of them, but one cracked egg. So that's denial. So he pretends like Nemo's alive. Mm -hmm. And then he has anger, like when Nemo doesn't listen to him and swims away and all that. And then bargaining when he's all of a sudden, like he has to search for Nemo because he's missing. And then depression, like when he thinks that he sees Nemo dead, which I don't really remember that, but it, like I said, I haven't seen it in years and years and years. Um, so that depression. And then the last thing is acceptance. Like when he finally does get caught and then he realizes that he it's okay. And like Nemo can go to school now that that's acceptance. So Nemo was really dead the whole time. That's dumb. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, that's kind of fucked up, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I don't think like, I don't know. I guess I could see how that would make sense, but I know I reject that reality. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. But also, um, because then how do you explain everything Nemo does in Finding Dory? Yeah, how do you explain that? How do you explain that one? <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, um okay. Well, I was gonna say something else. Oh, the thing I remember most about Finding Nemo is that um is that they don't know how to pronounce boat. So they say, they call it a butt. They're like, oh, that's a butt. Yes. He's like, he goes up and he's like, I did it. I touched the butt. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh. What a funny movie. I like that movie. Actually, I do remember kind of thinking it was Finding Nemo is cute. I mean, all the, I think all the Pixar movies are pretty good. And if you want to talk about um, some of the more recent ones, a really good one is Soul, which uh, I have not seen it recently. And um, I think you would like it actually, because it's really like, um it's about like this dude who's a teacher he's a music teacher in new york and then um he like dies in this freak accident but he doesn't realize he's dead so his soul is like wandering around the place where all the souls go Mm -hmm. and then he meets this other soul they like have to i don't know if they're like supposed to teach i don't remember exactly but the other little soul thing is played by tina fey Um, oh okay and it's it's just it's really cute and it has a really good message about how you should live life to the fullest and stuff i have heard it's good i've never seen it but yeah i have heard it's good um okay so this one i only have a couple left i think but this one is interesting because it's just kind of silly that wheezy the penguin from toy story remember wheezy Mm mm-hmm actually is um is actually the uh the bad guy I think I've heard this one. Before. Yes, and that he was forgotten on the shelf. Probably became jealous. Darth Vader or something here because he can't talk. Right? <laughs> um, that's hilarious. No, they do not mention Darth Vader in here. <laughs> but they said that uh, Weezy probably like was jealous because he got left on the shelf, and Andy's always playing with Woody and Buzz and everyone else. So when it came time for the yard sale, Weezy wasn't even trying to save himself. He knew that Woody would attempt to rescue him, and hopefully get sold in the process, which is exactly what happened. That's so fun. So then with Woody out of the picture, Wheezy could have a better chance of getting attention from Andy and 
remember how Wheezy like didn't say anything when Woody fell off of Buster the dog? He just like stood there. He did nothing to save his friend. <laughs> so Wheezy, you're a dick. That's so funny. You heard it here first. I really like this one and I really hope that it's real, which I have no way of knowing. And I don't even remember this, but do you remember in Peter Pan how I guess there were mermaids in Peter Pan? Um, oh, it's been forever. Since Seriously, same. Pan. I don't remember, but apparently there were mermaids in Peter Pan. And um, th- so flashback or flash forward to Little Mermaid. Remember, we find out that M- Little Mermaid's uh, mother, Athena, was killed by pirates. I don't remember finding that out either. <laughs> well, apparently they say that the um, that uh, one of the mermaids in Peter Pan was actually uh ariel's, little, mom. uh ariel's mom and i'll show you the picture that's killed by captain you. hook yes <gasps> he seems like you would he'd be the kind to do that yes Look, okay so this i don't is ariel's like, mom they say animated captain hook is nothing to write home about but in once upon a time live action captain hook is a hottie oh okay i'd, I'd take that action <laughs> um do you see the picture i'm sharing this supposedly yes. is ariel's mom all right, she does. She bears her. She has red hair. Also, yeah. she has no top on. Yeah, well, I mean, Disney, traditionally, mermaids together. didn't have tops on. I mean, well, I'm just maybe, telling you. Uh, she, maybe without the mom around to show, to show them how it's done, Triton's like, yeah, you're all putting on shell bras. I don't care what you want. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that's a theory that uh, Ariel's mother, they don't say the name of that, uh, that mermaid in Pe- Peter Pan, but some people say that obviously with the red hair that she does look like ariel and that she's ariel's mom and she was killed by captain hook which would make sense because they did say that uh ariel's mom was killed by pirates yeah i kind of like that i like that theory. i do too because it makes me think like you know that they are really all connected so anyway those are some fun theories of disney and um i really hope that you enjoyed them i have a really quick story too because Lay like on me. we were saying some of them some of them i remember really well and some of them i was like um i haven't seen this in forever we did, when I lived in Austin, we did a Disney trivia. Mm-hmm. And so whenever there's a themed trivia um, that you go to, you it, you have to pay for it. You pay, like, for your team. And then at the end of the night, whoever whoever the winning team is takes the pot. Uh-huh. The money, you know? Well, anyway, so we were preparing for this. Like, it was a big deal. And they were like, they're going to cover anything is fair game from the first animated movie, which was Snow White in 1930-whatever, or 1940-whatever. Oh, anyway, one of those years. To to current, which was, you know, I don't know, 2015 at the time or something. And um, it has the whole list. Well, the chunk that I was given was, like, the chunk that's during World War II. <laughs> and, um, I watched... Uh, I watched all of these, like, Donald Duck propaganda where he's fighting the Nazis. Yes, and dude, I you watched, told me about this. And I watched Song of the South, which is just that really racist one, um, where there's, like, uh, there's, like, a, a slave that tells these kids stories, <laughs> and he was, like, I think he was, like, the first black actor nominated for an Oscar or something for it, but he wasn't even allowed to attend because it was oh. for the civil rights movement dude that's fucked up it's fucked it's fucked up so i watched all this stuff and i think i can't remember like it was like all this crazy stuff and let me tell you not a single one of those was <laughs> covered in of the course. trivia and i was like you guys got to watch oliver and company 
and you got to watch The Little Mermaid, and I had to fucking watch Song of the South. I was so mad. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious, though. We just split it up. We split it up. We looked at the list, and we, you know, marked it off this many, this many, and you take this one, and you take this one, and that's what I happened to end up with. That is hysterical, though. Isn't that funny? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was I was mad about South. that because not because none of the none of the questions came from any of those things that I had watched. Oh my god. I think gosh. I don't watch like the one it's like three amigos or something like that. It's Donald Duck and these two other birds. Sounds offensive. Yeah, there's like lots of offensive stuff in all of them, but you know, because even like uh Lady and the Tramp and Aristocats and all those have have offensive stuff. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious, dude. You had to watch all those lame movies. Yeah. <laughs> and then there were no questions about them. There were no questions about them. I was so mad. I was like, I wasted all this time. And I was it was really hard to find some of them too. Like I think I had to watch Song of the South from like a YouTube rip of of some Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is hilarious. Anyway. Wild 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 but anyway so yeah so if you guys like this and we have good feedback on it i'll totally do a part two because there's shit ton more stuff yeah i like that was fun i thought that that was so too it's just like you know it's just light yeah i mean except for you know um carl being dead yeah some of it was a little Nemo being dead i mean yeah some of it was a little sad (laughs) anywho so what you got for me girl well i have something interesting today it's a little different but it's um i was thinking i liked how you took it kind of lighter after last week's heavy episode this is not gonna be that light. <laughs> <laughs> like buckle up you're gonna hate your life <laughs> no but it is um it's kind of helping i think to usher in spooky season this episode will come out on my birthday october 1st Yay! um so i have a little it's kind of just like a historical thing with some theories I can't even really call it a cryptid case because we don't know what it was. But I'm going to be talking about the Beast of Givadon, which I want to be like, oh, have you heard of it? But I know you're going to say no. And then I'm going to be like, no, yes, you have, because there's an episode of Puppet History on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there was a fearsome beast that terrorized peasants in South Central France in the 1760s, but no one really knows exactly what it was. So let me, let me paint you a little picture here. Um, the year was 1764. Mm-hmm. The Seven Years' War had just ended uh, with France's defeat, and things were not looking good financially for France. Um, and this was especially true in the province of Gévaudan, which like, is something else today. Uh, it's not like still called that, but most of the people there were like farmers and they lived off the land and all this stuff. So it's just really picturesque and pretty and really just waiting for a beast to come and fuck everything up, you know? Right. So, ooh, sorry, I moved my entire desk. (laughs) It sounded like you were underwater for a second. No, I just like pushed the entire desk and it like moved. So we have a young maiden. Her name maybe is Marie Jean Valet. I'm going to try my best with these pronun- pronunciations, but it, it's all French names. So we're just going to we're just going to pretend like we know what we're saying. 
and she was tending to her herd of cattle near the Merquois Forest when she saw a beast that was, quote, like a wolf, yet not a wolf, come hmm. at her. However, the bulls in her herd charged the beast, keeping it at bay. Then they drove it off after it came back again. So that was kind of really the first interactions with this beast. But then we have a fatal attack, which occurred on June 30th, 1764, um, when a 14-year-old shepherdess named Jean Boulet was tending a flock of sheep, and he attacked her and she died. So 14 years old. Oh, that's sad. I don't like that. So throughout the remainder of 1764, there were even more attacks across the region, and pretty soon everybody was in a terror because this beast was repeatedly preying on uh, single women and children as they tended to livestock, and even men if they were alone. Um, in the forest around Jevedon. That's so weird. And some some of the reports, oh, most of the reports were saying that the beast only seemed to target the victim's head and or neck regions. So it's a little weird that <laughs> he's not like it, they're not they're not like traditional maulings like you find people like torn apart or whatever. It seems mostly that they're going straight for the jugular, you know. Oh, which is which is weird. So this is at a time when the printed newspaper was just gaining traction, um, but the press wasn't actually allowed to print anything without permission. It uh, wasn't allowed to print anything like political without permission from the crown. So like, there's not a lot of news stories going on. Right. So when they hear of this, it 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 was like a gold mine, basically. You know, it's like for the press, it's uh, the news spread far and wide pretty quickly. And uh, soon, the rampage of the Beast of Jevedon was one of the first international news stories. So, like, even as far as, like, America and Germany and stuff are printing stories about this beast that's terrorizing the French countryside. So, first breaking the news was uh, a paper called Courier, I guess. It's like, you know, we say courier, but that's a French word. Um, In Avignon. And then... So then Paris caught word, and then it spread through Europe, basically. And the illustrators were also having just a gay old time with this, trying to draw this beast, because there's a lot of different accounts of what it looks like, and it was reported to be so monstrous and so big that it's, like, beyond belief, basically. Oh, almost like a, well, never mind. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just thinking about that thing that we saw on uh, Paranormal Caught on Camera. So I'm going to get to, I'm going to reference something there, but I actually don't know which specific thing you're talking about. I'm sorry, continue. Okay. So <laughs> one, of the, one of the posters that was printed in 1764 described it as following, um, quote, reddish brown with a dark ridge stripe down the back, resembles wolf slash hyena, but big as a donkey, oh, long gaping that. jaw, six claws, Pointy upright ears and supple furry tail, mobile like a cat's and can knock you over. I don't know what uh, like a cat's what. <clears throat> Cry more like a horse neighing than wolf howling. Uh, end quote. I also like peppered in some of my own <laughs> things. <laughs> anyway, um, and then even like there was a German. 
print in September 1764 that depicted the beast looking more kind of like a quadrupedal kangaroo than a wolf or a hyena attacking a very well-dressed man. And I wish I had, like, taken the picture and put it in here, but I was doing these notes on my work computer but so I could show you. But I'll, I'll put them in the Instagram post probably because awesome. some of these depictions of the beast are just so funny. Um, this one particularly because it's just like this very well-dressed man in like his poofy shirt and hat you know and uh -huh. then, like, oh my gosh <laughs> and he's like no but um as the number of of like killings grew and i don't know if i actually put this in my notes but they there's there's like some really exaggerated reports of like oh five to six hundred deaths but oh, uh and then as low as like 30 deaths but 100 injuries so somewhere around 100 people died from this disorder. either way that's that's bad yeah, either way it's it's not good <laughs> <laughs> that but there was more sightings a, a picture kind of began to emerge of the creature and then just kept on evolving until you pretty much couldn't even figure out what it really looked like because anybody that you talk to would say, oh, yes, that's exactly what it looked like. But these are all the differing reports. So, like, some people were saying, oh, it had the body of the wolf and the snout of a calf. Or it had a snout of a pig, except that it pointed down. It had the mouth of a lion and the back oh, of a gosh. fish and horn-like ears. <laughs> but no matter how, like like I said, no matter how crazy it got, someone who had seen it was like, yes, that's exactly what it looked like. That's then there insane. was even, like, an American woman who lived in Jevedon and said that it was probably a monkey. What? Which is ridiculous. Maybe a gorilla. I, I don't know. But that's... Maybe. No. So for a while, the theory was that the beast was a hyena because it had an elongated muzzle, a black stripe along the spine, an enormous gaping mouth, and a coat that it could deflect musket balls. <laughs> but... I'm so sorry, the, I don't mean to laugh. No, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, a coat, a coat that reflects musket balls. Who doesn't want that? Okay. Exactly. So as they were thinking that it might be a hyena, though, they were like, oh, that's good because with winter coming, a hyena would, would eventually die or head south. What's a hyena doing there anyway? But go ahead. Well, I'll get to that. But this was not the case because the attacks kept happening. So the attacks themselves were gruesome, leaving a bloody landscape in the wake of the beast. Many depictions from the time looked straight out of a horror movie, with mutilated bodies or ripped-out entrails spread across fields, where the unsuspecting young peasant girls tended their flocks. And I remember in, like, one of the articles I read, it was, like, some of the papers seemed to even, like, enjoy talking about, like, you know, the girls were getting younger and oh, that's sad. You know, all this stuff, you know. I don't know. There was a lot of, uh, probably a lot of exaggeration going on. Right. According to one report, the beast had de decapitated the girl and drained all her blood. That's fucked up. So, yeah. Either way, true or not true, that's fucked up. Right. <laughs> but, by late December 1764, the rumor had begun circulating that this might be a pair or a pack of animals just because there were so many killings. Right. Attacks in such a short period of time, and they seem to have occurred or reported nearly sim simultaneously. So if he's over here and then 20 miles over there, there's an attack at the same time, they're like, well, maybe it's more than one. Right. It would have to be. Right. 
So some contemporary accounts uh, suggest that the creature was seen with another animal, or they report that the beast was accompanied by its young. Oh. Um, so, you know, if it's an, a normal animal, it's going to reproduce. Well, yeah, I mean, like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, if you got to go, go hunt. Right. You know, what are you going to take? Not just take your, take your baby to work day. <laughs> right. So, uh, so we're coming up on the winter. It's 1764 into 1765. And the attacks have basically stirred everyone into a fervor to the point that King Louis the 15th is like, I got to get in on this. I have to do something about this. So he offers a reward for the capture and or killing of this thing. A fur. Um, fur. Yeah, fervor. Fur. <laughs> like fur. I get it. Um, so in January 1765, the beast attacked 10-year-old Jacques Portefeuille? 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 I don't whatever. Little Jacques. And a oh, group Jacques. of his friends. Uh, and they were all pretty young, raging and uh, ranging in ages 8 to 12. However, this little boy led a counterattack with sticks, driving off the creature, and they were actually rewarded by the king, and he was given an education that the crown paid for, because well, they were just nice. so, so into capturing this thing that they were like, we gotta do something for this little boy. Right. So, and this prompted, actually, the court to send royal hunters out to destroy the beast. Finally, he's like, I gotta send some professionals. And now there's a 6,000 livre bounty on the creature's head. So Ooh. that's what the reward is up to, which is a lot of money back in the day. I didn't really look up the equivalent, but like thousands of hunters descend on the region. And then King Louis also sent out his own dragoon captain, a man named Jean-Baptiste Dumel, and a number of troops. Ooh. So. They're finding this motherfucking thing. They're going to find it. They're going to, they're getting it's the last thing they do, they're going to find this. <laughs> so, Jamel is extremely zealous in his efforts, but he doesn't expect that the local herders and farmers um, not being cooperative could actually kind of stall out his efforts. And on several occasions, he om- he gets close enough, he almost shoots the beast, but he has been kind of blocked by the incompetence of his guards, which is like a bummer, but... It's a bummer. So then Louis the Fifteenth is like, well, I'm going to send out some more people since you're not getting the job done. Right. And, and gets- also, I'm going to kill you. Well, that actually doesn't happen yet. I don't know if it happens at all, but <laughs> that is that is not uh, a fair assessment of the times. He uh, so he gets these professional wolf hunters. Jean, shut up. Sorry. Jean Charles Marc Antoine Vomel Deneval. <laughs> That's an intense name. It's a lot of names. I kind of don't hate it, though. And his son, Jean-Francois. So these two guys, Jean something, but their last name is Deneval. Um, so then Captain Dumel is, like, forced to stand down, and he has to return to his headquarters. And they actually can't work together very well because they have two different strategies, different approaches to it. So Dumel's over here, and he's still organizing his wolf hunting parties, well, Deneval and his son are, um, they're over here and they're like, oh no, the beast can only be shot using stealthy techniques. So it's like, you got to hide and not let it know you're there. Basically, mm. they like, want to sneak up on it. So here's where I'm going to tell this story too, because I feel like researching, um, 
I found this girl's name more than once, but according to Wikipedia, she was the first victim, and it didn't say any of this other stuff. But then according to everywhere else, this is what happened. So I'm just going to say that she came back around. Because what I've listed as a stunning display of badassery, our first girl, Marie-Jean Vallée, who was first, you know, kind of approached by the beast, and then her cattle drove it away, you know, the bulls mm-hmm. ran it off. So this is the same girl, I think, I love um, it. that that comes across the beast again and has a chance at slaying it. And so this is from sworn testimony recorded in 1765 that she had a near miss and attempt at killing the feared beast, which she described as looking like an unusually large dog. Hmm. So according, according to this account, she was crossing between the branches of a river through a small wooded area and she turned to discover the beast immediately behind her. <gasps> So it reared up for an attack, but she had a homemade spear with her. Okay, and she I love takes it. it and plunges it right into the beast's chest. I love this this girl. So the beast is injured, but not dead. And so he's like, you know, raising his paw up and crying and making all this noise. And then he rolls off into the waters of the river. So I think I put it in here as it's the same girl who was the original attack. And then she was like, now, you know, now she's carrying the spear with her because she's always on guard and she gets right. pants at, at the beast. But anyway, regardless, there's a statue there now to commemorate her bravery against the beast. Like this girl spearing this giant wolf thing. I love it. So badass. Yes. Yeah, so back to the Denevals, the father and son team. They've got their eight bloodhounds with them that have been trained in wolf hunting. So over the next four months, they were hunting for the wolves, believing that one or more of these animals was the beast. Um, And they actually do, I think they kill some wolves, but the attacks continued. So then they're replaced in June 1765 by a man named Francois Antoine, who is the king's lieutenant of the hunt. And also... (laughs) 71 years old stop (laughs) yes but this guy apparently was also a badass because at 71 it was antoine who is victorious at last he is the one who shot the wolf of chazé which is in quotes so i guess that's what they called it he was awarded all this money and titles and then they took the wolf that he had killed they stuffed it and they put it on display in versailles and the king's like this is the beast of Javudan, and we have slayed it, and here it is, and all this I stuff. I love that. But, you know, don't count your chicks before they're hatched, I guess, because don't the attack- count your monsters before they're. Right. Don't count your monsters before they're all killed, because the attack started again in December. Of course they did. And then, um, this time, apparently, the beast seemed a little bit different behavior wise. Like before, the creature had kind of been afraid of the cattle, but this time, it has no fear. So they're like, oh, oh is this a, a second beast? Or did we just make it mad? I don't really know what's going on. But the royal court, surprise, surprise, chose to ignore these new attacks. Being like, oh, no, Antoine killed it. The problem's been taken care of. Right, this is just... Here. Ignore that blood in the field. <laughs> it's like, fine. It's just, it's not nothing to see here. Everything is... Kind of like we're doing with COVID right now. Right, exactly. It's like, the problem is over. Everything's gone. You can go back to things as normal. Ignore all these holes in the woods here. Anyway. <laughs> so there's 
this just they can ignore it for a little while, but then there's a sudden outbreak of attacks in June 1767. And so this local nobleman named Marquis Dafcher, I don't know, organized a hunt. He's not really important anyway, even if I'm saying his name wrong, which I'm sure I am. Because uh, on June 19th, one of the hunters, a man named Jean Chastel, shot a wolf on the slopes of Mount Moucher. Uh, an autopsy of the animal revealed human remains inside, and the animal also had some non-wolf characteristics, as described by witnesses. So after that, the attacks end. And so they assume that this beast that he killed was the beast, but doubts remain that it was indeed an actual wolf. So what was it, is my next question. And then I'm going dis- to uh, discuss some of the theories. Awesome. So we have... I wonder what it... I, I, I don't even have any theories at this point, to be honest. Well, I mean, it's a beast of some sort. And a wolf seems most likely. But among the suspects... So the, a Eurasian wolf is the top suspect. An armored war dog, which I'll get into. What? Um, a striped hyena. A lion. Some kind of prehistoric predator. A werewolf. <gasps> a dog-wolf hybrid. Or a human. Um, so these are, we're going to talk about all these theories in, in turn. The most common and accepted theory is that the beast was a wolf or a pack of wolves that were terrorizing the countryside of Jevadon. Some say many of the like more fantastical qualities that were attributed to the beast were actually introduced to people by the clergy who were stirring up fear that this was God's punishment on them for their defeat in the Seven Years' War, that he's, like, sent this scourge to, like... What an asshole. Right? That's what the that's what the clergy were saying. But it actually is, um, like, historically evident that Jevedon was infested with wolves at the time, which have hmm. been known to attack humans before. Um, and in the Puppet History episode, which I did watch in preparation... <laughs> The professor talks about other wolf attack outbreaks in various regions of France in years prior to and after this series of incidents. So there were other recorded wolf attack, like, breakouts. I don't know, whatever. Um, But there are also some flaws to this theory because the frequency of the beast's deadly attacks suggests it wasn't just, like, one single rabid wolf. Mm -hmm. Um, And then none of the victims contracted rabies. So it wasn't... like it was a rabid wolf because nobody got rabies so right normal wolves probably wouldn't attack this many people in a short span of time so if yeah, there was something they just be doing it for food yeah and there's other the thing is though there's other food sources right. there, but why would you go for the humans first like there's sheep so why would you not go for the sheep before going for the right. human? you know like i, I agree know. i don't know it's just weird um, so it could be like something going on with the wolves. Who knows? Maybe. But I like but, the idea of an animal that's non-native to the area because they're not going to know what to do if they're introduced to the area. And it's not actually as outlandish as one might think because the aristocracy at that time were known for taking these exotic animals from other countries and bringing them home to like display in their in their that's estate. Right. 
that is the thing that happens. So who so, knows? It could be anything. You know, if they took a lion yep. somewhere in Africa or whatever, yep. or they took a hyena with them and then it got out and then it found a way Absolutely. to like breed or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but that's true. Um, eyewitnesses in France at the time were probably not familiar with a lot of living lions and they've only seen, you know, what what has been drawn in books, which are always really like over stylized, you know? So, um, I, and actually a sub-adult male does not have a fully developed mane and sometimes has like a kind of mohawk type of stripe that's running down its back, which would be in, uh, in corroboration with the reports of that this beast had a stripe down its back, you know? Right. Yeah, that's true. So in that case, like a lion or hyena seems more plausible and they actually do have been known to attack humans and have very strong jaws. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. And actually, in reading about this, a hyena has a stronger bite, like, whatever bite ratio than a lion. Their teeth are, has more pressure. Dude, the hyenas are fucking They're dishes. crazy. Like, they'll literally eat you and, like, laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there is that. That's so funny. Um, that's just, like, the noise that they make, but yeah. I refuse to believe. It's like how I feel about sloths. I feel so like hyenas are really evil and they're really so loud. hyenas are on your list of animals that you don't trust next to sloths. Are, that is correct. All right. Noted. <laughs> so one of the more paranormal theories that we have is a werewolf. Love it. Which people believed in at this time that believed in werewolves. And um, there have there were like reports of, I know there's one that's like a German story that I'll probably do someday about, about a werewolf. I think it's one of like the first reported stories of werewolves and that's how we came to have the legend of werewolves or whatever. Anyway, so this guy who shot the beast when the attacks ended um, reportedly used a silver bullet. <gasps> and not just any silver bullet, but bullets that had been melted down from coins that were like had the virgin mary on them or they had been blessed or something like that so they were like special holy silver bullets okay and then wow yeah so that's like you know kind of feeds into the whole mythology of like werewolves can only be killed with a silver bullet or whatever right and then they also had uh something that they referred to as a menor de loup uh, which translates never heard of it <laughs> translates to wolf whispers or leaders of wolves um which were supposedly like a kind of sort of magical person who could command wolves to do their bidding so that was another like kind of theory about what it might be i kind of like that actually yeah i mean i would like to have a pack of wolves that i could just command to do my bidding that right? would be nice right You're like on my count <laughs> So another theory is that the beast was an extinct prehistoric predator, such as a bear dog, which I don't know what that is, a bear dog, a dire wolf, or a hyenodon, which probably is like a giant hyena. But I saw dire wolf and I said, it's very likely that it could be a dire wolf, because if you remember that episode of Paranormal Caught on Camera. That's what I was talking about, the black dog. Yes, that big black wolf thing that that dog was chasing. And I'm like, this... I know some of the videos on there are like pretty obviously like fakes or it's like easily like, oh yeah, this could be a hoax, whatever. But that one looks really fucking real. And it is a giant, giant wolf. Wolves are not that big. And here's my thing is like, there's so much in the woods that we don't see 
that that knows how to stay hidden, that has its own like dens and stuff. I think it's plausible that it could have been a direwolf. I agree completely because after I saw that footage, I don't know. I just feel some some type of way about the direwolf situation. Yeah, and I feel like there's there's there are prehistoric things that we're discovering that we thought were extinct like all the time. Yeah. So it's not like that weird to think that something like that could have survived. Correct. Anyway. Others have suggested, this is another one of my favorite theories here, that it might have been the work of a human serial killer responsible for the tags. Um, You have my attention. So many of the beast's victims were reported to be decapitated, which is not something that animals normally do. Um... Well, they were saying that it's unlikely that a killer would be, like, roaming the countryside in broad daylight wearing some kind of costume that made him look like a wolf. They were thinking that maybe this human killer used an animal to carry out his crimes. And then some speculate that the animal used was an armored war dog, which is, I guess, just like a big dog that has been trained to attack. And then it's wearing armor. So a lot of the... Makes me sad. Yes, that is sad. Um, But... The armor would be, like, the hide of another animal or something, and that's why it was able to, like, shrug off these musket shots. Oh, I mean, that, well, that's, I mean, that's, that's fine. I I mean, that is a theory, but that just makes me sad. It is sad that they would, like, have a dog that, like, did something like that, but I like the idea of, like, a human just kind of going around and being, like, all, um, you know, kind of primitive like that and just like slashing these throats or whatever and then yeah that is kind of badass being so i mean crime bad but right, right right but being so like primeval about it that they were like oh this had to have been an animal attack you know what i mean yeah i kind of love that actually i tried to look up more on the serial killer theory and i couldn't find a lot more um because i really was interested in that one but yeah so that was pretty much those are pretty much the theories so I think I'm team direwolf. Yeah, I want to be because, yeah, I am. I I am too, even though I really do love that there would be a serial killer because that would be badass. But no, after seeing that footage of that wolf thingy, I swear that thing was real. And after seeing that, it's like, I mean, we know that there's a shit ton of animals that are extinct now that we've never seen. Right. So I'm I'm team direwolf too. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think that that's probably, I think that's a somewhat, you know, somewhat, someone out there but also somewhat logical conclusion and you know it's just a i think it's a good spooky story to get us into the spooky season all of these uh young fair maidens getting mauled by a beast of some sort right i mean it could have only been better if there was like you know some hot you know person who comes in and saves the day yeah if it wasn't like a 71 year old king's lieutenant of hunting (laughs) that killed him well we kind of does like tend to you know but hey there's a market out there i'm sure for for the other guy was like young that that killed the other one we'll pretend he was a young hot guy can we please i want him to look like john smith from pocahontas i've always had a thing for him yeah yeah i was thinking more like since it's france he probably would be like a gaston type but not gaston Mm -hmm. from the animated movie um Gaston from the live action movie. Um yeah, I'd hit that. <laughs> yes. He is really good looking. What is his name? Um don't remember off the top. Um that's a weird name. Did his parents give him that one? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, I wow. Well. Yeah. So that's the beast of Shavodon. <laughs> well, if you've been attacked by a beast and/or serial killer, <laughs> or if you or have any most uh, really dead theories or something, right? Or if you've been dead the whole time, you thought you were listening to this podcast. <laughs> You'll want to send us an email. That's how we Right. <laughs> and where would they send that email, Leanne? Um, they're gonna want to send that email to booze and ghouls pod at gmail.com. That's booze a and d ghouls pod at gmail.com. And if you wanna follow us on Twitter, we're at booze and ghouls, or we're also on Instagram and the TikToks at booze and ghouls pod. And please give us a follow, rate and review us on iTunes. Yes. Because rate and review be if you did that. A five-star review. We'd love to hear from you. That was, I didn't mean for that time, or maybe I did. That was the thing but, that happened. It was. <laughs> you can also subscribe to us on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, everywhere and anywhere. Uh, we'd yes. love for you to subscribe so you can be notified when our new episodes drop. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, until next time. Stay boozy, friends.